I don't know about the blessing part, but we'll see. Hey, CR, my name's Shan. I'm a firm believer in Jesus, and I'm celebrating recovery from, um, gosh, a whole list of things. And it struck, my struggles change. I get through, it feels like I get through one fire and there's another one and I get through another fire and there's another one, I get through another fire and then, oh my goodness, there's a mountain I gotta climb and the mountain's on fire. So it's a, it's a great time for me to come into CR and just breathe. That's what CR is for me because I don't have to be anybody except who God made me in the middle of all my struggles when I walk in here. That's the best part, I just get to breathe. So thank you for being that moment of breath for me. So we are heading into the Lent season. Lent's 40 days minus the Sundays. That's prior to Easter. And tomorrow it kicks off with Ash Wednesday. But what this used to be is a time of training and discipleship. And, and people were preparing to be baptized on Easter. Lent also became a time of spiritual preparation and renewal for those that had already been baptized. We need to go back and remember what God did in our lives, how he convicted our heart. And although Lent has been associated with many devotion, devotional books and practices, we need to remember that it comes down to self-denial, fasting, self-examination, repentance. And we need to remember that Lent is the beginning but God has already provided the end through Jesus Christ and the cross. So with Ash Wednesday starting Lent, there's a, we're going to look at this from a biblical perspective. There are many biblical witnesses to what the ashes are. You can look at Genesis 3.19 and it says, You are dust and to dust you will return. We remember that it was God's breath that he picked up and breathed life and created Adam. That's why I love coming in here, y'all. Y'all are a breath of fresh air because y'all share stories of God's redemption and deliverance. And that's how we have hope because we see that God is still alive in each of our lives. The first day of Lent reminds us that as Christians, there are two things involved in repentance. We're dying to the old self and we're becoming new. And honestly, we need to do that every single day. And if you're in the 12 steps, you're learning that. We do that every single day. And the serenity prayer reminds us we take one moment at a time, one breath at a time, one day at a time. We take baby steps till we can run. And when we stumble and fall, guess what? We get up and we start taking baby steps again. Romans 6, 3 says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? You see, new life with Christ involves that daily surrendering of our old life. That old flesh wants to come back. That flesh thorn starts poking you and prodding you and trying to get that knee-jerk reaction. But again, the serenity prayer reminds us one moment at a time. The first step of this Lent journey, we acknowledge that we are in the dying flesh. <clears throat> we are full of sins. Every time we keep trying to do the next right thing, there's always temptation trying to pull us back into our old ways. Again, Genesis 3.19 says, remember, you are dust and you will return to dust. When we leave this world, the only thing we leave behind is how they associated our name. What was attached, that's how they remember us. 
So we have to walk with integrity. When we look at the ashes, we recall the confessions. And first, let's look at Job 42.6. There was confession. There was a prayer that he had. And it said, I repent in dust and ashes. You know, if we're going to be truly going through the Lent season and we're really going to have a heart of repentance, then we need to understand it's okay also to grieve. I think just like love, that word has become twisted, so has grieving. You see, I left several things behind. And I grieved the connections that I had with several people. But they were in old playgrounds, and I couldn't go back to old playgrounds. I'm not saying they're bad people. They're great people. But I couldn't go back to the old playgrounds. I could no longer do the things with them that we did before. And that even means missing the laughter that we shared. Grief also comes in a form of actually grieving and being remorseful for our past actions. You see, the sackcloth and the ashes is an outward sign of mourning, and that's what we're, we're really diving into tonight. The sackcloth and the ashes, that's that outward of mourning and repentance and just saying to the world, I'm in a moment. I know many times we've seen people where they're just in a moment. We don't know what to do. I tell people all the time, the greatest gift we can give somebody is being present in their moment. We don't have to give a word, not a single word. Be present. Pray over them. They don't have to hear your prayers. They don't have to know your prayers. God hears it. You see, when he talks about sackcloth, this was a type of cloth that was made from goat's hair. And it was thick and it was coarse and it was rough material and it was very uncomfortable to wear. And then later it would be used as a sack. It's also an outward sign of that, that submission. I submit my will. I'm going to run through several scriptures. I'm not going to read them all, but I'm going to run through them. And you can go back later and look at this online if you want to write them down. You can look at Genesis 37, 34. Also 42, 25. 2 Samuel 3, 31. Esther 4, 1. Esther 4, 2. Psalms 30 to 11. The ashes serve as a reminder, just as it was in Genesis, that God formed us. No matter what this world throws at you, God formed you. He doesn't make junk. We're the ones that stray. We have to repent and come back. The first mention of sackcloth and ashes actually is found in Genesis with the, the two rivals. They were siblings and they were jealous. Has anyone experienced this? Let me tell you something. When God starts blessing you, people don't understand the journey you walked through and the fire you went through to get that blessing. And you're going to see a spirit rise against you. If you hadn't experienced it, hold on. You're going to. I don't think there's anything that exempts us from that. And they will come at you with everything they have. Be graceful. You might be the only Jesus they see. Job mourned the loss of his favorite son, Joseph, when Joseph's siblings sold him into slavery and then lied. They lied about their sibling and said he was killed by a wild animal. Have you ever experienced grief and loss and then later found out it was a lie? Job felt, I mean, Jacob fell to the ground and he, and he weeped and he tore his clothes and later he put on a sackcloth and dumped ashes on his head. Check out Genesis 37, and he said, and he recognized it and said to him, it's my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. 
That's all he knew. When Jacob tore his clothes and he put on the sackcloth around his waist and he mourned for days. Guys, I'm inviting you for this Lent season to really evaluate. And there's going to be some areas that you're going to find yourself grieving and mourning. Don't do it by yourself. Reach out to somebody. Talk through it. Another example of the sackcloth and ashes were used during a, a period of extreme mourning and grief. And that's found in the book of Esther. Mordecai mourned this people. The Jews, when they had the king's decree that all Jews would be killed. Check out Esther 4. Let me ask you this hard question. Have you ever felt like somebody sacrificed you to cover up your lie or their lie? Have you ever felt like somebody threw you to the wolves? Save their own face? Let me tell you something. The only thing you can do in that time, God, you know the truth. I'm going to need you to battle this for me. Because the enemy wants us to have that knee-jerk reaction. When the people of Nineveh heeded Jonah's warning, they realized in their own sins that they were grieving upon God's heart. Jonah 3, 5 through 8, it says that they dressed themselves in sackcloth and ashes. And all the people in the city had hoped that if God would just show them an outward little bit of mercy because of the display they were putting on of humility and repentance. That's the sackcloth and the ashes. It's humility before God's presence. It's saying, God, I'm nothing. I'm broken. Help me. The story of Job is one of the most significant Stories in the Bible about sackcloth and ashes in the terms of mourning and repentance and humility. Job was a wealthy man. He was so rich and blessed with abundance and children. And he was a man who deeply respected God. But he lost everything. He ripped his clothes, put on sackcloth, dumped ashes over his body. And then, taking a piece of pottery, he scraped himself among those ashes. It's a hard question. Have you ever felt like you couldn't go on? There's been times in my life when I have. Later, his friends joined him, and they were weeping, and they tore their robes, and they sprinkled dust on their own heads, and then that moment was marked by mourning. But later, his friends, assuming that Job had sinned and that God was ready to smite him, but Job denied all the wrongdoings. Have you ever had one, someone assume the worst about you and then spread their assumptions and never come back and say I was wrong? It's okay. Everything we do, we do before an audience of one. We don't always have to handle that. God handles it in his own way. Other examples of mourning in the Bible include King Ezra. As he mourned over all the sins of his people in Ezra 10. After they had married into the foreigners and they were serving pagan gods. See, God had set the Israelites apart to be holy. Just like when he created mankind. We weren't created to fall for sin, but we do. We did. We have and we will. In the book of Daniel, the prophet's heart ached for his people because they had turned away from God and sinned. In the morning, he was turned to fasting and prayer and putting on sackcloth and ashes. Daniel 9, 3 through 5 says, So I turn to the Lord. I plead with you, God. Hear my prayer, my petition, in my fasting, in my sackcloth and ashes. 
I pray to the Lord my God and confess, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those whom he loves and keeps his commandments. We've sinned and we've done wrong. We've been wicked. We've been rebellious. We've turned away from your commands and your laws. He was pleading for God, show a little bit of mercy. Other mentions of the sackcloth and the ashes in the Bible, King Hezekiah in Isaiah 37, King Ahab in 1 Kings 21, the priest in Joel, the elders of Jerusalem in Lamentations 2, the witnesses in Revelation. See, this message is short and sweet, but as we go into Lent, there's a lot on our hearts. And it's not about being boastful. It's not about going, look at me. I'm confessing and God's going to give mercy. It's about being in that moment with God. And tonight, you see, tonight we're, we're looking at the sackcloth and the ashes as an outward sign of grief, repentance, humility in God's presence. So as we go into this season, tonight, if I have two leaders that don't mind stepping over there for me, we have sackcloth strips and we have ashes and what I'm going to ask the leaders to do is to tie a strip of sackcloth that has anointing oil on your wrist and they're going to put the ashes on your hand I'm asking you to wear this until April the 4th because Andre is going to bring a message that night and I'm asking you to wear it every single day everywhere you go in the shower out to eat to work everywhere as your own personal reminder that we all fall short. But God has mercy when we know the proper way, proper posture to come into his presence and offer our hearts every single day with repentance, grief, and humility. When Andre brings his message on the 4th, we're going to take these strips we're going to cut them off that night. And we're going to have some dirt. We're going to bury them. Because when you take your sin to the cross, God doesn't throw it back up in your face. If we pick it back up, it's because we did it, not because he shackled us to it. That's what the enemy does. And we're going to bury those strips. They're never to return again. I want you to pray over those strips. I want you to surrender. They're just symbolic of the biblical sackcloth and ashes. So as we start, and if the, I don't know if the musicians want to go ahead and do theirs or if they want to go ahead and play, it's up to you. But this is what I'm going to say. As we start with music, because of anonymity, I'm going to ask you to go out to the back, around to the side, because we are videoing and this is Facebook Live. There's also a reading over there that you can go through for Lent, and it's got a scripture for every single day. But if you feel like you just need to come to the altar, the altars will absolutely be open. And let me say this too, if we are just starting worship and they're doing those first songs, if God convicts you to come to the altar, there ain't no shame in that. You come when God convicts you because it's not about what's okay with us. It's what we do before an audience of one. Because there will be a day when God says, hey, let's have that one-on-one -on -one talk. And on that day of judgment, I want every one of us to hear, well done, faithful servant. 
So let's pray. Jesus, you have known us from the beginning of time. You know the depths of our dreams and the darkness of our shame. And you love us. You love us in the middle of our junk. God, when we fall off of life's highway, you climb down in the ditch with us because you meet us where we hit our knees. God, help us. Help us to own the core of our identity more and more through a season of repentance and mercy. Help us to know who we are because we are yours. You went to the cross for every single one of us. And just as my shirt says, happiness is free. That happiness is the abundance of mercy and grace that we get to live in because you freely went to the cross. Give us the rock solid assurance of your unwaving love, the love that went through the cross to tear the veil so we could come directly into God's presence. We seek you. We ask that you reveal the areas of our lives that do not glorify you. And God, we ask you to prune those areas and it's gonna hurt, we know it will, but God, we wanna glorify you in everything we do. May there be no dead areas in our life May we live in the abundance of your mercy, grace, and forgiveness because we came into your presence continually with repentance and humility. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of the risen Son, Christ. Amen.